What's going on, guys? Don't forget, next Thursday, 6 p.m., we have restocked the DMP shirts. That's right, World Podcast Champion shirts restocked Thursday, 6 p.m. Be there. This is the last sale of them. Once this slot is gone, we will never make these shirts again. The World Podcast 2023 World Podcast Championship shirts restocked Thursday, 6 p.m. Be there or be square. Just a bloke in a bar. Does it feel like Friday to you? It felt like Friday yesterday to me, actually. Same. Same. Yeah. What's well, so today? Today just feels like nothing. I don't know. Clearly, like, like, it doesn't feel like Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't feel like Saturday, but I feel like today doesn't feel like Friday. Just maybe, yeah. Maybe because, like, I'm not doing the radio show. Yeah. Fuck, haven't the weeks gotten, like, Fuck, it's so much shorter. Yeah. Well, like, so much less to do at the moment. I know, but what's gonna, it's going to change. We'll start interviewing, interviewing people. people. Yeah. Anyway, weird. weird. All right, all good? Yeah, are you going to – did you say you were going to do, like, not just footy players? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, I don't know. Give it a try. Yeah. Give it a try. You know what's weird is like, there's so many podcasts now and like, it just feels strange to be one of the first ones to do it. Yeah. Here in this country. It's crazy. When you, like, it just, it wigs me out. I'm not saying I was, I'm not saying I was the first guy to friggin' do a podcast yeah. at all. But, you know, one of the first to really sit down and speak to people mm. of note and just feels so strange that it's just everywhere now, which is good. I like that. I think it's awesome. It's not and everywhere, but like we'll look back in three years and it'll be 20 times bigger. Yeah. Like it's just growing this exponential rate. I know. People always think like, you know, people talk to me about doing podcasts and I'm just like, oh, you know, like, you know, can you give me some advice? And they kind of go, oh, well, there's already like so many podcasts. There's yeah. already so many podcasts out there. Why would I just add to the noise? And it's like, hang on a sec. Imagine someone, okay, imagine the creator of Game of Thrones was like, you know what? I'm not going to bring Game of Thrones to TV. Way too many TV shows. You'd be like, are you serious yeah. right now? Yeah. And that's where, what, how long are we into TV? Like 50 years? Uh Probably, I think, 60. Six, let's 50, just say 60. 50 or 60, 50, yeah. 60 years or whatever. I mean, could you just Google that just yeah. to be sure? Let's say 50 or 60 years. We are, like, conservatively, let's just say we're 15 years into podcasts, which is, like, that's being super conservative. Really, you know, in reality, we're, like, what, 2000? And let's just say we're really only 13 years, and that's still conservative. In reality, we're less than a decade. Oh, 100%. Podcasts aren't even like, they're not even mainstream yet. Yeah. Like, the fact that radio still exists means that podcasts are mainstream yet. So yeah. when people go, oh, there's so many podcasts out there, I don't want to start one or whatever. I'm just like, first of all, terrible mindset to have because it's you're almost giving yourself an excuse. You're going, oh, well, there's already so many out there. I'm not, yeah. not going to do it. Well, what if, there's, what if there's infinity out there, but you're the best? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's infinity podcasts, but you're the best. So who gives a shit? And I guess like, because like, that's the mindset to have like, oh, TV shows competing with each other. But that's because they're like, back in the day, they're all fighting for that primetime slot. Yeah. That, we're not, no one's fighting for that in the podcast game. I, I listen to like, I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to and audio books. It's, 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 it's the radio. It's my life. It's the modern day radio. It's what, you know, back in the day, they used to turn their radio on. Yeah. You know, sit down, read a newspaper or a book. You know, that was their downtime. Mm. 
And now we have, what I love about podcast is that we have this technology wireless headphones, especially wireless headphones, where it's the first time in history that you can essentially be consuming content whilst doing something else. Yeah. So before, if you were reading a book, you had to read the book. Yeah. If you're watching a show, you had to watch the show. It's really the first time, and look, maybe there's another time, first time in history where you can go, put your headphones on, consume information. Yep whilst working, whilst running, whilst working out, whilst whatever. I, I promise you, if this wasn't around now and I was just doing a normal job, I wouldn't have time to read books. But I I, for, I put, I ordered uh, Ned Brockman's audio book mm. on Wednesday night. So two and a, or one and a half days ago, I've already finished it. And I, and I wouldn't have had time. Yeah, to sit down and In read the last it. day and a half to even open that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Ned Brockman. Oh, Ned, Ned's, Ned's milk. Ned's milk. Ned's milk. Yeah. Got a brand new milk. I tell you what, that milk's going to make you strong, baby. Oh, I've heard, and look, this is just a rumor <laughs> that every bottle comes with a squeezed out bit of sweat from his singlet <laughs> that he runs. So he, be a lot. he goes into the factory after a two, three, four hour, five, six, seven hour, 10 hour, 12 hour run, <laughs> squeezes the shirt into each bottle as it comes by. That's the rumor I'm hearing. I'll tell you what, the, what was crazy about his book. When I first... Uh, decided to read it or listen to it, which was literally a day and a half ago. I was like, "Do I should I read this?" Because like, I, I already listened to all these podcasts. I actually met him the other day at the um, Rose thing. Yeah, it's the first time I met first him. Time, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. was awesome. Um, and I was like, but "Do I already know this story?" Which was such a foolish thing to think. Yeah. The detail he goes into about firstly his childhood and upbringing, which is crazy, and his uh just his just the whole run was unbelievable. Like. And it's so inspiring. So I was actually on a run yesterday and I was just planning to do like a two or three KR. Yeah. But I, I had him in my ears. I ended up, ended up going for about seven or eight. Really? Just, just, just because, and I never go for that So one. you had the spirit of Ned inside you. 100%. The and spirit I, of Ned, Ned came inside you. was literally coming inside me <laughs> as you I was running. fucking, you know what, two Ks? Nah, baby. Nah. And I just kept going. And I'm like, it, it, was, it, was, um, it was awesome. Just to, I was, I was actually so... I'm not, I'm not joking whatsoever. I was so inspired by some of the things that he was saying. I would highly, highly recommend either going to the stores and buying the book or getting the audio book. It will change how you think about everything and it'll make you appreciate just what he went through. It, he goes into so much more detail than all the podcasts that you heard. It was so inspiring. It's, um, so go to Instagram, Ned's Milk. Yeah. Give her a follow. Uh, They're currently doing a bit of a, country tour at the moment uh, i yeah. think they'll end up in bondi i think it's i think it's october 29 tastes good does good every bottle gives back so give her a follow another just aussie battler doing his thing that's oh. what you want to support the aussie battler you don't want to su i mean look support whoever you want but yeah you know you got mega corporations or you got ned you ran across the freaking country ridiculous if you can't support a bloke that's willing to run across australia yeah you're a dog yeah 100 percent. you're a straight up dog <laughs> <laughs> like seriously how un-australian to not support a bloke that ran across the country literally ran from perth to bondi beach and just yeah. what he went through was just mind-blowing yeah. and, the, and the thing is is that he could tell you every detail but until you're in it and you experience it mm. you'll never know how hard it was for him to do what he did 100 percent. normally when you like do you reckon like when you listen to a podcast you feel like you're kind of with them like for example i listen to hamish and andy mm. i'm sure people feel feel the same way about you but like I, I listen to hamish and andy i feel like i'm in the room with them uh, like that's the podcast yeah. experience when i was listening to ned's book i felt like i was watching 
a movie from a distance. Oh, like, really? I couldn't be part of this. Like, yeah. this, I just don't have, I'm not built for this. Yeah. Pretty much, well, to be fair, no one's really built for that except for him. It, yeah, that's how wild it was to me. Yeah. It's crazy. The line between sane and insane is crazy. <gasps> and, like, clearly, he, I feel like, and I don't know the bloke personally, obviously, yeah. but a guy like him with that kind of, inte- like, that kind of intensity, that kind of grit, if he didn't have these extreme things to do, he would be a crazy person. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Because you just, certain people are just wired differently and for clearly sure. he's wired differently and he needs that kind of outlet to get it out of him. Mm. Um, I mean, again, like big psychology one. I don't fucking <laughs> really know. Like I'm talking utter nonsense. It's just an assumption. Uh, but yeah, so Ned's milk, give her a crack, yeah, guys. It, and it, not yeah, an ad. Sure. That just come out of nowhere, no. to be honest. Um, so give her a crack. I always love seeing people, you know, like a guy like Ned who is using such an incredible feat to his benefit. Like his mm. kids should benefit from that feat, you For know? Because sure. think about this. Okay, he did that incredible feat. You just spoke about he inspired you. Yep. So what monetary value can you put on the positive impact Ned has had on this country? <laughs> so why should he not be compensated in sure. some form? Not, not doesn't have to be, and I, he didn't do it to be compensated. No, he didn't. But- if you're sitting there going, oh, you know, I was inspired by Ned or, you know, this I consume the content or whatever, like, you know what I mean? He deserves to be compensated or not – I don't mean a bazillionaire. I just mean, like, live a good life. For sure. Because of the, how much he's given to, yeah. you know, charities, to inspiration, to the country. And that, that goes for, you know, plenty of people and that, that do these, you know, amazing things. And there's so many people out there that do amazing things that – you know, you just don't even hear about um, that. I wish there was a way. Could you imagine if like the world flipped on its head and the better person you were, the richer you were? Yeah, wow. But the problem <laughs> with that is good people would give the money away. Yeah, exactly. It'd all even out a little bit. <laughs> it's like, obviously, you know, I would love to be rich one day. Like I would love to, and I don't mean like crazy, stupid rich, but you know, there's the ego side of me that goes, I want to be a billionaire. I just yeah. want to fucking be a billionaire. Fuck, you know, put it to everyone that ever talk shit, everything I ever went through, blah, 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 all that kind of shit. There's that ego side. Get the nice cars, carry on like a fuckwit. Every man <laughs> has that in it. Every man has it in him, like yeah. they do. But you know what? Every man has that boy in him because that's a boy speaking. That's a boy with insecurities and, you know, trying to show everyone that he is a fucking man and you can't tell him anything. Whereas a man quells that and says, you don't need to do that. This, yeah. It's totally unnecessary. But I, I never understood people that get so rich like billions and billions and billions of dollars and like what's the point yeah there's there's got to be a point of diminishing returns like where's the point of money where you are not and everyone has different you know everyone can live their life however they want it but where's the point where you are no longer actually doing the the best in your life, you know, spending time with loved ones, you know, making sure that your kids or your wife or your community is taken care of. Where's that line? I reckon, I'm just guessing here, making money must be like sport to them. It might, that's, that's what their addiction must be. But like, then hoarding like, it. Like how it's do they the do hoarding it? it. It's well, not the yeah. making of it. I don't care. Like make as much. Yeah. It's the hoarding of it that I don't understand. It's, it's people that have, you know, $200 million just sitting in the bank. Like why? Why wouldn't you give that like back to the community in some way? You don't have to give all two hundred million of it. Yeah. But like, yeah. Look and look. Maybe I'm speaking from inexperience, and you know, I would love to sit down with someone like that wealthy. Like, 
okay, here's a perfect example. Mark Boris, extremely wealthy, yep. extremely wealthy. Look how much he does for essential free to give back to his business community. Mm. Like he does not have to do that. It is purely out of the goodness of his heart of going, okay, I made all my money. I'm going to spend, because what is the most valuable commodity? It's time. I'm going to spend my time by, you know, supporting this, helping this, like giving advice to any young businessmen that come, businessmen and women that come up. And whereas like people that like, I, I never understood the ones that, you know, they make all this money, but they just hoard it. And it's almost like a sickness. It almost yeah. is like a sickness. Again, I would love to speak to one of them and say, why do you hoard it? Like what, why do you feel the need to earn $2 billion instead of a billion dollars? Yeah. What's, what's the, the draw for you? And not, not even earn, but keep, keep. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like if, if I earn that, I'd either be doing one or two things. I'd either be, I'd like to say I'd be giving it away in, in the best possible way, or I'd be spending the shit out of it. Well, because like the thing you think, oh, well, you're spending it on silly stuff, but at least it's going back to workers. Yeah, companies, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, I just, I never, I never understood that. And, and look, I'm not sitting here saying if you've got, if you've made 50 mil that you've just got to give it away. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I do think like, and again, that's the question I'm asking. Where is the line where you go, okay, I have made enough money. Now it's about giving back. Mm. I just feel like that, like sure, surely every human being has that in them where they go, you know what? The line has been crossed. I've made as much money. My kids are going to be sweet. The kids' kids are going to be sweet. Now it is time to go. And, and the giving back doesn't have to be, you know, fucking doing charities. It could be creating content for people. It could yeah. be... Uh, coaching a local footy team. Yeah, it could be anything. It mm. could be anything. And look, I'm still of the mind of everyone's free to do what they want. I just, yep. my question is more like, I would love to know a really rich person's thought process. Yeah. Do they go, yeah, I've tried that before and the money just gets wasted and people become greedy and then they start putting their hand out and expecting things. So I just stopped. Is that what happens? I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know the answer. That's what I'm, it's more of a question than a statement. It's like, I don't know what the answer is. Um, but anyway, support Ned Brooks. Support Ned. Support Ned and support Ned's milk. Ned's and read milk. his book. And read his book, your dogs. Well, I can't say you're a dog because I haven't read his book. <laughs> but just support him. Support the bloke. I promise that next time we go for a run, just put his book in and you'll go, for, you'll go further. Yeah. I promise you. I might read and release an audio book <laughs> and it's just me abusing you, <laughs> calling you a coward. Let us know in the comment section if you would like a motivational book and it's just me calling you soft, weak, coward, all that kind of stuff. We can do it. Yeah. Audio book and I just abuse you. Yeah, nice little just, off season just project. Like, yeah, just off season project. Just your deep insecurities. Your dad never loved you. <laughs> That's the reason why your mum left. <laughs> you were always wrong in your relationships. Just peppering you. You should be insecure. Yeah, you are actually a piece of shit. <laughs> Whatever you achieve in this life, it means nothing. If the concept of infinity is real, we're all pointlessly living right now. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Do you reckon I should do that? Yeah. We're flying on a rock through space and everyone will forget who you are literally by when you die, like a couple of weeks later, pretty much. And just sell it for like $100 and go, you just, you just wasted all your money on you this. You fucking idiot. <laughs> you just spent $100 to get abused. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, 66 years TV. 66 years, so yeah. roughly right, roughly right. Oh, we haven't got to it yet. We haven't got time for it. Yes. Time for it. Time to open some blood beer, baby. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love when the delivery man comes with 
fresh cases as he did this morning. Yep, fresh cases right there. They're looking schmick, those cases. Uh, Currently, Bottolo's in Queensland. Promotion across all stores in Bottolo in Queensland. Plus, you know the drill, guys. Independent liquor stores, get in your local, grab a case of bloke beer. It is the beer of Australian sport. You know as well as I do, no sport, no, we, there is no beer that loves sport the way we do. We live and breathe it. We are the beer of Australian sport, and it's a beautiful, easy drinking beer. Give her a crack, get down your local, grab a six pack, sit back, and just enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. There's all this stuff going on in the world. There's always stuff going on in the world telling you not to just enjoy the moment. No, no. Enjoy the moment. You deserve to just sit back and go, I deserve to enjoy this moment. The future and the past, it doesn't exist, baby. Only now does. Does, like, does the past really exist? We don't know. We but, don't know. But, but right now exists. Right now exists. Right now, tomorrow doesn't matter. No. Tomorrow doesn't matter. Look, if you've got something important on, obviously, if I can prepare for it. <laughs> but just enjoy the now. You know, Don't let the world tell you that you should be unhappy. You deserve yeah. to be happy. Uh, Just on the podcast thing from before, can I tell you a quick, kind of a full circle moment? Mm. So obviously people know my previous job was New South Wales Rugby League and I formed a pretty good relationship with Freddie. But the first time I ever met Freddie was out in Narrabeen at like this junior camp. Mm. And I drove out there, never met him, I was nervous as hell. I was probably like 20 years old, nervous as hell. And what I did to get to like know him, I put on your podcast with him to like get a bit of, get a bit of context. Yeah. And now we've kind of come full circle. Yeah. Uh, that was incredible that he came on the podcast. I, I, I actually took it down because the sound was oh. stuffed. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if you remember it, but the sound nah. stuffed start halfway through and I was like, you know what? Like Freddie is such an icon and I took it down ages ago, years and years ago. Yeah. He's such an icon that I want to do it again. But, you know, me being better at what I do, I, yeah, I just didn't execute as well. I wanted to execute it plus the sound stuffed up. Um, but this was like Freddie, think about this, like Freddie Fittler, doesn't know me from Barstow. Mm. Honestly, he probably didn't even know that I played NRL. Like, I'm a fucking nothing to Freddie Fitler. And I don't even, I think I randomly messaged him on Facebook. Like, yeah, it might right. have been Facebook or – I think it was Facebook. And in the city, come down, sat down, did the potty, like, fucking nice as. This this would have been, like, what do you reckon, 2015, 16? Well, I listened to it in January 2016. Yeah. So, so 2016. Like, it, most people listening right now – would have had no idea what the locker room was yep. back then. Yep. Now, obviously, you've got some OGs that, you know, have stuck around for the whole time. But, yeah, came, sit down, gave us such a good interview and just such a legend. And that's why, like, I always have just been such a big fan of Freddie. For him to do that and help a guy out like me, one of the biggest names in Australian sport, a podcast. He wouldn't even know what a podcast is. Hide yep. out this room uh, in the city, set it all up, sat down and... Yeah, just I, I remember that I was really nervous for that one because again it's Freddie Fitler. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, gave me such a good interview, but I would love to redo it, like especially after oh. everything he's achieved since then. Yeah, because that was two years before I even coached. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that I will always be in Freddie's debt for him doing that, and there's plenty of other people too. I remember Anthony Mundine, like I think it was in my first ten episodes. He agreed to come on, mm. sat down, you know, and he didn't know me from a bar of soap. There's heaps of them. I mean, I could I could list them on and on. Um, but yeah, podcasting, it's, it is strange that, you know, it's strange that it's so big now. And, uh, you know, you think back to those times when you just, you're working in a coal terminal covered in coal, getting in the shower at work at Port Kembla, driving up to Sydney, unpacking everything, sitting down. And could you have ever expected that like, this is where it would end up with Mm. like podcasting in Australia? Like probably not, probably not. 
no way. And then they're like, this is here. And again, I'm not saying I was the first one to do it. Maybe one of the first ones, but Definitely it is, you know, them, yeah. crazy to see like just how far it's all come and like all like it's the whole company's built around podcasting now, you know? Like yeah. it's just it's absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. It's almost Yeah. Yeah, it's just strange. Very, very strange. Oh, anyway, Maddie, what have you been doing, bro? What have you been doing? Kind of like it's been a pretty nice uh couple of weeks because you kind of get don't you reckon like because we do shit every day and it's busy and i'm sure everyone's the same when they're like in the hustle and bustle but then you, you get like you know if it's like just 10 percent less to do and you kind of just like it's kind of nice yeah it's kind of nice so uh it's been good i, I tell you what i was thinking the other day actually today when i was walking around it was it was nice and sunny i was like fuck imagine if footy season was in summer like how shit would winter be because summer's already great so it yeah. doesn't need footy season but like it, I, I get to the grand final and like, foot, all right, whatever, summer's coming up, let's go. And then you get to around January, February, then you're over summer, you're like, all right, let's go for footage. We live in a, it's really great how it is in Sydney or in Australia. In Australia. We live in, we are so lucky oh, to live here. It's a joke. It's the best. It's actually a joke that we live in this country. You know, traveling Europe was so incredible and I loved it. I love the history and, but the living standard that we have, and I'm not speaking for every group, I'm just speaking for, for myself um and people you know similar to myself uh it's beautiful like the fact that you can go and get a job you know earn 50 to 60k 70 let's say 70k 50 60 70k around there yeah you know you, you can essentially do that unqualified like yeah. you can essentially do that unqualified you don't even need to go to uni for that um and then you've got the beach you can just go down to it's you know, we've got a, the roads are all pretty good. And I, I, I know people go, you know, we like to complain about things and oh, the roads are this and yeah. we don't have this. Mate, compared to some other countries, it is a joke how good we have it. Oh, a we joke. Got, we got the CBD 10 minutes from the frigging beach it, and the best joke. harbour in the world. Like think of places like the Gold Coast. Yeah. Like think of places like Cairns mm. even, you know, like it is, it is truly oh, such a good country to live in. So lucky, so lucky. Speaking of that, I actually, I saw Tino got interviewed and asked about the Samoa and Australia thing. Yeah. And he said it was his dad's suggestion that he, his dad always wanted him to play for Australia. Right. Um, and his dad, I'm assuming, is the Samoan one. Samoan, yeah. And he said because um, his dad basically said, and Tino said, I want to, it's a way of saying thank you to Australia for giving my father an opportunity to come here and, and build a better life. Is that what he said? Basically, no, that's paraphrase. Great. And yeah. when he said that, I was like, Fuck yes, Tino. Fucking love that oh, shit. That, that's that great. fucking makes me love, like seriously, like I am all for everyone being proud of their heritage. And I know Tino would be proud of his Samoan heritage and you know, all the Polynesian and Kiwi, everything. I'm, I'm all for that. But sometimes I feel like as an Aussie, we can't be, we don't get to be proud of sometimes yeah. of our being Australian, yeah. you know, our heritage. And the fact that he is saying like, you know, my father wanted the, his father is saying thank you to Australia for the opportunity he was given. Mm. Like it honestly gave me tingles. Like yeah. it gave me tingles and be That's like, awesome. "Fuck, that is so hectic. That's so hectic." I love that. I I love when you get those opportunities because, as you said, for some reason we don't get the opportunity to be proud of the country. But when things like Ash Barty happen or like Volkanovski this week, yeah, Kathy Freeman. Ka oh, Kathy Freeman, obviously the best one. The Matildas yeah. during the year. It's just the best. Everyone kind of unites. Mm, yeah. So seeing that with Tino was really good to see. And I, lo I just loved his honesty, you know, like mm. be hard for those boys, Tino and, and um, Payne Haas, because think about 
how many people would obviously message him putting shit on him, being like, bro, play, pray for your blood, uh, play for your blood and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But when you're born in Australia and you've been brought up here, like they love this country. Of course. Like they, they're Australian too. Like yeah. they are just as Australian as you or me. The only difference is they have a different heritage. Yeah. That's the only difference. You know, Australia is a multicultural society. Um, you know, obviously we've got our indigenous people that are true, true Australian. Like they're the ones that can say, this is my heritage. This is where sure. I'm from. Yep. Um, whereas everyone else, like, you know, my, you, you, at some stage you have come from a mig- someone that has migrated here. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's so cool to see him see, that, see him say that. He's just so, like, he's so articulate and switched on. Uh, it just made me really proud as an Australian that he, that he said that. And that's not – I'm not sitting here saying that eventually he can't play for Samoa. Like, yeah. not at all. Like, if he does, I respect it. All good. Uh, I know a lot of people are – there's been a bit of chat around eligibility. I think we need to – I, like, the origin chat is really hard for me. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. Like, I, I, we have to keep our tradition in origin. We have to keep it special. But the international game, I think we need to – because, like, some people are saying when you hit 18, you've got to choose who you play for and stick yeah. with that. But, geez, that'll kill the international game. I know. It, like, it'll kill the international game. Because, like, okay, so say you go – let's say you made all match payments equal across the board – and Tonga, Samoa, Kiwis, everyone got the same match payment as Australia did. Um, and, and they, you know, so you're 18 years old and you, you choose Australia because part of you was like, you know what, I've, um, I want to play for Australia, even though I could get the same for Samoa or Tonga. But what happens if you stop making that Australian side a bit later? Mm. Are we going to rob Samoa or Tonga of an opportunity to get that gun player because he didn't make the Australian side mm. and vice versa. I, I don't know. I, j- I just think that the international, there'd be so many guns sitting on the sideline if that did happen, because once I just don't know if it would work. We need to, I think we need to like make a little bit of a sacrifice of the eligibility at the moment. So the international game grows. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think the, the flip flopping is, is a little strange. I must admit. It's weird for sure. Yeah. Like anyone that pretends it's not weird. Yeah is because we're all nationalistic for sure i'm proud as fuck to be aussie like i want tino and Haas and all the boys to play fucking for australia for the rest of their life because to me i know he has samoa and heritage but to me he's australian yep um but i am not so selfish as to a say to him that he can't represent his heritage or his father's side or or understand that there is nuance in loyalty like it's not black and white like how can I say, as a person that was born in Australia, my parents, my grandparents, how could I know what it's like for an immigrant Samoan that's first generation? Exactly. I'll never know. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Um, and I, so I just think it's better for the game. I totally agree. That we allow it. Yeah. And like the international game is in the men's game anyway, because obviously women's game is the biggest growth point. But mm. if we're just talking about men's, that's the biggest opportunity we have mm. to like to grow something. Origin is already at its peak. We just got to maintain that. NRL is getting better, better every year. The international game is just slowly growing. Like, look at Tonga versus Tonga and Samoa like ten years ago compared to the yeah. compared to them now. Like, they are superpowers now, which is fantastic. Well, getting to that point, yeah. Um, we can't rob them of that. We can't go backwards. No way. No, we can't go backwards. I, I look, and and look. To be fair, like Hammer played for Samoa. Yeah. Um, there are quite a few players that played for Samoa that ended up playing for Australia in this round. And it's like, you can't pick and choose. You can't go, oh, it's okay when they come from play for Australia, 
but they're not allowed to go back to Samoa. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So we can't sit here as Aussies and go, you know what? When you're 18, you choose and exactly. you stick with it. We're just as guilty as anyone of, yeah. of saying like, you know, going to the hammer who could have stayed in that Samoa side, been a big part of it and going, we want you to play for us mm. now. Like we're just as guilty. So I, I don't know. I just think that for the, the growth of the international game, we've got to be a little bit more open to people moving around. For sure. And also a good example is Crichton, who is mm. going to be in the blue jersey, uh, blue as in New South Wales and Samoa jersey for a mm. long time. But he said he did pledge his allegiance, mm. but he pledged his allegiance to Samoa, but yep. also to New South Wales. So like it's, you can't really, you can't have one and not the other. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. As I said, it, everyone feels weird about it. I'm yeah. sure there's Samoans. I mean, we know there's Samoans out there going, fuck, yeah. Tino and Haas, your heritage, or Hammer, you were just playing for us. Yeah, but there's Aussies that are saying, fuck, Crichton, play for New South Wales, why aren't you playing for Australia? Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how it should be. That's how it should be right now. For sure. If we get the game to a point where, it, let's say in 20 years, where the international game is fucking booming, and like... That's when we could sit back and go, you know what? Let's take away the growth and talk about you pick and yeah. you stick. Because yeah. then that will take the game to the next level. Yeah. Because then you know, like, this is 100% what he wants to do, you know, loyals anything to this, you know, nation. So, yeah, I think we have to give a little leeway there. I really do. I, I think we'd be crazy to, to, to not allow players to go, you know, if, like, if I don't make Australia, I want to play for Tonga. Or if I, you know, play for Tonga for a little bit, but then I start playing really well and I want to play for Australia, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, so. I uh, think as well, if, if, if we, and I know it's very easy to say, there's a million factors, but if we did have the 10, 10 12 weeks, then the three-week origin period in the middle and it's just origin, then season, then international, they're kind of far enough removed to like not clash, I reckon. I know yeah. Cam Smith made some really, really good points about the origin to Australia eligibility, which mm. I to be honest, I was 100% on the do whatever you want side until I heard that and that mate brought me back and I was like, oh, wow, that's a really yeah. good point. But I still agree with the initial point. I just think they're, they're far enough removed that mm. it would be sweet. Yeah, like, look, it'd be super strange if in 20 years most of the players are playing for Tonga Samoa, Fiji, Cook Isle, you know what I mean? That'd yeah. be weird as anything. So that's where, that's where, you know, if anyone pretends like they have the hard and fast answer and the right or wrong, like... They're just not you telling the truth. No. There is nuance. It's a tough question. You have to weigh up. Do we want the tradition and you know, you know, sticking to it, or do we want to grow the game? Um, so yeah, it's a really, really uh, the origin situation. I seriously just don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Because my immediate reaction is, as a Queenslander, you know, you you pick your state and you stick with it, and then obviously you play for Australia. I understand that that's a very selfish way to look at it when you look at the different, the changing demographics of the game. Mm. The game isn't what it was 20, 30 years ago. It is basically like 50, 60% Polynesian and indigenous. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's just different. And also it's going to get to a point as well. This is uh, to that point where Samoa and Tonga aren't going to be tier two nations. Like they'll end up being on the same level mm. as all of us, Australia, mm. New Zealand, England, and there'll be the five, the five teams. So then how can you rob a Kiwi eligible person like Kieran Foran for example who mm. grew up who moved here when he was like whatever like it's gonna it's gonna get to a point where New Zealand people say well why can't we play Origin as well so then yeah. it's gonna be even weirder yeah it's gonna be even stranger you know it's super like yeah it is so it is such a hard discussion I don't oh, know what the right sure. answer is I seriously do not want like I guess 
the other option is you go the opposite direction and you go, you know what? You've got Origin. You shut the NRL down for a month during the season. Yeah. You have International Origin on the same time. Yeah. And then people just choose. Yeah. They just choose. They go, whatever means more to you, you play for it. Mm. So that means that like the Polynesian sides and the Kiwis and that, they get as much time playing international footy as the state of origin people do. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, whoever wants to play for Queensland, you know, and New South Wales and Australia, they get to. Mm. And if you could somehow make the money kind of similar, that's the other option where you just go, boom, middle yeah. of the year, magic month, international footy, rep footy, and you give everyone an opportunity to play for who they mm. want to play for. See, I personally, I don't think I'd like that purely because I reckon if you do that, you'll end up just weakening both. I can just keep origin there, keep international there, and then they'll both, well, international grow. See, I don't, I don't think you would. Think back to 2020, the Queensland side. Mm. A lot of reserve graders in that side. Was it any less of a spectacle? No, it wasn't. So it's like- I'd still rather the, the best of the best playing both though. But it wouldn't be that low. Like, okay, so you go and you look at, all right, the right now the New South Wales side, mm. you would lose To'o, you yep. would lose, um, you'd lose Critter. Critter, you would probably lose, let's just say Daniel Tupu if he was eligible. Yeah, Jerome Luai. Jerome Luai. There are guns. Junior. There are guns that could repl replace those guys. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah of you'd course. have Campbell Graham, Latrell Mitchell, Tom Travojevic, Bradman Best. Like, so I just don't know whether it would affect. I really don't know if it would affect. True. That much. True. Um. So, yeah, again, I don't know whether that's the answer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so it's tough. It's so tough. There's it's positives so and tough. negatives yeah. in every, every Everywhere option. you look, there are positives and negatives. For sure. Um, at the moment, I kind of feel like, look, it's not like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like at the moment, yeah, we've got some boys that play Origin and then play for, you know, Samoa or mm. Tonga or whatever. But at the same time, look how good Origin is right now. Yeah. And the international game is growing. Just leave it the way it is. Yeah. If you well, qualify as the 12 or 13-year-old, whatever, but then it's like, okay, well, okay, Victor Radley, does he get to go play for England? That, and, that's, and then yeah. come back? Yeah. And then the Kiwis as well. So yeah, that England and New Zealand, that makes it Which is tough. weird, because it's like, why are England and New Zealand different to Samoa and Tonga? Like They're not. They're not. Yeah. They're literally not. Yeah, it's just because we haven't experienced it yet. Yeah, yeah. So super, super Maybe strange. we'll get used to it. You know. uh, speaking of changing things, oh, also, Packer Up Boys brought to you by our legend partners over at Sportsbet. Uh, they got a brand new feature coming very soon. I cannot wait to announce it, guys, when it does come out. Uh, but if you're going to have a punt, you do it with Sportsbet, the best in the business. Uh, absolute legend partners, guys. Been so good to work with. They've been so supportive of Bloke. I can't express to you enough how important their support is to Bloke's um, growth. Like all this content that you see, all this growth that you see, we need partners like Sportsbet to support us, to help us out. And they've been legends to deal with. Never had an issue, never had a drama. Really, really flexible. It's like really flexible guys. So um, really cool. It's it, You see the Sportsbet brand, but you, you don't understand. It's people behind it. For sure. And the people that work at Sportsbet, legends. And what you see on Mondays with Hammy kind of reflects yeah. their business. I mean, that's why he's been around at Sportsbet for so long. For sure. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to have a punt, you do it with Sportsbet, guys. You do it the best in the biz. Make sure to gamble responsibly. You win some, but you lose more. Don't punt what you can't afford, guys. Just a little dabble here or there. Um, but yes, yeah, speaking of changes, five minute sin bins. NRL are reported, reportedly seriously considering using five minute sin bins 2024. 
Gavin Badger doesn't think it's a good idea. Uh, he said, in the current game, five minutes is two sets. For the benefit you could get out of a professional fair, I don't think it's big enough deterrent. I know that teams will manipulate that as much as they can in areas. With sin bins becoming more regular, teams do a lot of work defending with top players. So to only have it do it for two sets and generally looking at professional fouls, which are try-scoring situations, you're more than willing to give that up if it means you're tr- you know, saving a try. Worth noting that five minutes sin bin was abolished in 91, scrapped after concerns of inconsistency. Now, also, you could make the argument that we'll just make it so professional fouls are 10 minutes and yeah. not five minutes. I reckon that's the only way you can do it. But I think, you know what? I don't want it. Oh, no way. I don't want it. Because, guys, let's fucking just keep the game the way mm. it is. Like, let's just, let's just try to make our – instead of introducing something new to fix the 10 in the bin problem, let's just get better at being more consistent at the 10 in the bin first. Yeah. Let's try that first. And if we're so bad in a few years that we can't sort it out, mm. then let's look at other options. But this idea that's like, you know what, stuff it. Let's bring five in the bin. You know, I just don't like it. Like I know, I know, even if they make a, this is five minutes, this is 10 minutes, there's going to be blobs here and there. And then, you know, what if, what if there's a swinging arm or something and- It pe- will create more drama. For sure. People are going to be like, That's, that should be a send-off. That's not worth five minutes. And then will there be more send-offs? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, nah, keep it 10, please keep it 10 minutes. Like, please keep it 10 minutes. I, like, oh, what I don't get is like, oi, bro, like just ref it the way that the origin and the grand final was ref. I know. And say to the players, look, this is, I'm going to let you boys sort it out. And then I'll step in when I feel like the game is not being played the way I think it should be played out. And so that's when they know, like, you know, look at every time Melbourne get into finals games, what do they do the first 20 minutes? They lie all <laughs> over the plate. And so then the ref has a decision to go, I'm going to start pinging you. Yep. So I'll give you the first few sets. Like I'll give you the first, you know, four or four sets. But if you take the piss, I'm just going to ping you, ping you, ping you. And so you can't complain to me when I've told you before the game that that's what's going to happen. On the flip side of that, the ref might go, so Storm a line in the ruck, Broncos are lying in the ruck. That's the way we're playing this game today. Mm. I mean, look at the grand final. Look at the grand final. Penrith came out. Exactly. They fucking holding down constantly. And so, so it took Broncos a little bit to catch on to it. Broncos caught on to it. They started holding on a little bit. Mm. But eventually what happened was the game opened up yep. and the, the, the play the balls became really quick yep. because it wasn't stop and start with all these freaking penalties. And we got one of the greatest grand finals of all time. Like, seriously, I mean, the, the further we get away from that grand final, the more it, in my opinion, almost cements itself as the greatest grand final ever. Mm. Like, when you really think what happened. Yeah. Like, even when you talk about, like, Joey and the situation that down the short side, like, think about, like, we were watching a three-peat. We were watching Cleary at 25. We were watching, you know, his second Clive Churchill. We were watching down by a record margin in a grand... You know what I mean? There are yeah. so many historic things in that grand final. For sure. It's, and also the quality of it, as, at least the quality and physicality for the... I know Broncos' first fucking 20 minutes was terrible, <laughs> but defensively, the quality from Broncos in the yeah. first 20 was Wild. unbelievable. Yeah. I think at absolute minimum, it's already in the 89, 97, 15... Now twenty three. It's yeah. definitely. It's definitely. It's in the combo. Class. It's in that class for it sure. It has to be like if you have one of them, you can't say like you can't go okay. Two thousand fifteen is way better than twenty three. Like yeah, it's it's definitely in the combo. But the funny thing is like even though the ending of fifteen, probably probably and the ending of Joey was probably like the two best. And I don't. I've watched the ninety seven, but like I wasn't. I was like two years old. Mm. I was at the twenty fifteen. The quality of game in. This one was way better. Way better than all of those. Than yeah. pretty much any grand final ever. Yeah. Like, it's one of the best rugby league games of all time. Seriously crazy rugby. Like the, the the level of 
of play that we saw that night and just the explosive speed and strength and size, both those sides on that night would have probably beaten not every team, but a lot. Well, I mean, you, you, statistically, we saw it from, I think it was Random Stats yeah. guy, that they Broncos Broncos would have beaten 75% of other grand finals sides with that score. With that score against the best, I think the second best defensive side in one year of all time yeah. uh, in, in the NRL era. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Dragons 2010. Yep. And then it's like Penrith. There could be one or two more, but yeah. it's very, very close. Essentially one of the best defensive yeah. sides ever in the history of the game. It's certainly over a three-year period. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, shit, man. Oh. Quality, quality game. Um, yeah, so five minutes in bins, not, not, uh, not keen. Not nah, keen. Neither. Neither, neither, neither. Not, not keen. Uh, now, we've got uh, New Zealand versus Samoa. Fuck this New Zealand side. It's f- at four pack. I just wish they had the best nine there. And yeah. no disrespect to Farman Brown. Like, you know, he may go out and play really well. Mm. Um, but obviously Brandon Smith or JMK are yeah. a better option at this stage. For sure. And I, I, as I said the other day, I hope Brown steps up and kills it. Because if he does, this is a scary Kiwi side. <sighs> it looks red hot. And I said this going into the World Cup. It was the first time, in my opinion, like in my experience, and I'm sure that you guys... There's listeners are going, hang on a sec, what about 2008, 2012 or whatever? Look at this side. But I personally believe that World Cup New Kiwi side was the first time that I really looked at it on paper, but not only on paper, but also on form. Yeah. Where that all of the players they had in it were one of the best in their positions in the NRL. So I think past Kiwi sides you could have on paper were as good as the Aussie side, like on like paper to a degree. Yeah. But they might have had like only one player playing career best footy or one of the best in the competition. Or, you know, they had a guy, like I'll just randomly use a name, like Benji Marshall. But it, was, it wasn't 2005, it was 2000. And, yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, it's, he's yeah. not his peak. Yeah. Um, and so, whereas you looked at that World Cup side, I, I feel sorry for them that they landed with Australia in the, the semis. In the semis, yeah. Um, they get forgotten about very, very quickly because of Australia versus Samoa. Yeah, Australia and the whole Samoa situation. Yeah. But... They, they nearly beat Australia. They really did. And oh, how good goals. was that? How good was that? Sam? Was that the game you were in that restaurant? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so this Kiwi side, like, if they can just keep this together, Hughes, Brown, definitely got at least another four or five years together. I like the selection of Charles at the back there. I think that, you know, Joey Manu, I love Joey Manu, but just the ball playing, I think that Charles is going to offer a bit better ball playing. Yeah. And Joey can come in and do his thing. Yeah, he exactly. can come in and do his thing. Uh so this Kiwi side, I really like it. It all really just hinges on if the nine can give good service to Hughes and Brown and Hughes and Brown can click early, then far out. I think I think Brown might be in for a big one. Because think about it, he, rest, he had so many weeks off. Yeah. He's going to want to, you know, pay everything back because of the mistakes he made. Mm. I think he's in for a big game. Yeah, I agree. Especially off the back of that four-pack. Like that four-pack from New Zealand is genuinely scary. Crazy. Like there is an argument to be made. Oh, actually... Tino, Tino and Payne House. Yeah. But like, if you, okay, there's an argument made, it's an argument to be made that last year's Kiwi side, forward pack, was better than the Australian forward pack. For sure. I mean, look, Leota and Fisher-Harris. You could still argue. You could still argue. For it, sure. Because Leota and Fisher-Harris, are, they're three-time premiership winning. Yeah. Do they have the stats and the big situations like Haas and Tino? Maybe not. I mean, they did in the fucking grand final. They did in the fucking grand <laughs> final for sure. But yeah, you could argue it. If you want to say Leota and Fisher Harris as a combo are better than Tino and Haas right now, yeah, it's a reasonable take. Yeah. I, I disagree. Uh, but in saying that, we haven't seen Tino and Haas versus Leota and Fisher Harris. Yeah. So right now, the back to back to back 
front row pairing, you'd have to say, ah, the tippity top. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I'm thinking in the same boat, like, great matchup. I definitely have Haas and Tino ahead, but far out. But if you, even if you look at back row, like Tarpani, um, Nikara, and Papali'i mm. versus Azeo slash Carrigan, whoever, Cam Murray, Liam Martin. Yeah. Like, that's... That's a great battle That's as well. A fucking massive battle. A massive battle. Yeah, so I, I can't wait for them to play Australia, which would be next week, correct? Yeah, so this week, New Zealand versus Miles. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be next yeah. Saturday, I believe. Now, Samoa really brave last week, but sure. I, I think New Zealand have a massive game. I agree. I think New Zealand are going to win 13+. plus. Yep. Yeah, the Lions, 16. I reckon that's pretty pretty good to cover. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all on New Zealand, I reckon. Jeez. Isn't Michael Maguire under a bit of pressure? It's funny. So now I'm kind of, as a Blues fan, I'm kind of more invested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, re- I just want to see how the Kiwis go. Because if they go shit, like if they win by two points, yeah. you're going to be like, bro, with that roster, yeah. you, you beat Samoa who's missing fucking- A lot of players. A lot of players by a, a try. Mm. You're going to be going, mate, you've you got to get more out of that roster. So mm. yeah, a bit of pressure on Michael McGuire. A, lo- a lot of pressure Because on think about it. Let's say they go out and lose to Samoa and they get pumped by Australia. Well, well, how can you announce him as Blues coach after that? Well, it's already been announced. Well, it, it has. It hasn't, it hasn't. But yeah. Well, it's the fuck. Could you imagine if they, t- if they pulled the <laughs> They pulled the puck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Wouldn't put it past them. Wouldn't put- oh, but imagine the pressure then. Imagine they get done by Samoa, get yeah. beaten by Australia. Everyone's gone. Everyone be, <laughs> yeah, everyone will be off it. Oh, no. <laughs> but equally, Imagine New Zealand win the tri- or the Pacific the, Championship. Yeah. Then it's like, oh shit. Oh shit. Everyone going, oh, Michael Maguire, not a very good option. Starting to say, hang on a sec, maybe yeah. we were wrong. Maybe we were wrong. So Isn't it funny how just that one little origin thing has put a whole extra layer on this specific championship? That one little origin thing has changed. Michael Maguire, like, I, I honestly feel like it wasn't last year at the World Cup, it wasn't a big deal that Michael Maguire was a coach. Like it wasn't a talking point. No one nah. really, you know, yeah, he's a coach, good, great stuff. Yeah. Now <laughs> you add in that origin layer, it's like a huge fucking point of this specific game. Yeah. It's maybe outside of Australia or Samoa or New Zealand winning, it might even be the biggest It probably narrative. is. Yeah. You know, because if he comes out and kills it, he's he's the, the next coming. Yeah. If he comes out and struggles, it's fucking <laughs> dire straight. Yeah, equally, yeah. Um, oh man. So, so true. Can't wait. Can't wait to, yeah, I'm so, as I said, I'm so invested as a as a Blues fan now. This is crazy. Um, now, Cook Islands versus Fiji. I can't wait to see Fiji play. Yeah, keen as. I'm keen as to see them play. I, um, I'm really excited to see where they can go. As a, as a nation? Yeah. Uh, as a team. Um, you know, trying to look at their side. Obviously, it's not as strong as either Sam or Tonga or whatever, but... Isn't it funny that the last... Last year in the mid-season games is when we all discovered Taruva. True, and that wasn't oh that, what's that a year and three months ago? Yeah, seems like he's been around forever now. Yeah, and now he's playing because he was fullback then. I'm pretty sure he was fullback in that game. Yeah, now he's playing. I think we center. already we were already aware of Taruva, but I think oh, everyone like else. like he got yeah. it. Yeah, he got yeah. a bit. Yeah, he got mainstream. But uh, yeah, Fijian can't wait to see Cook Islands. Um, Man, that um that backline for Fiji. It's pretty bloody good. Dream Buller, Mike Sevo. Taruva, Wonga, Blake, Ravalawa. Pretty bloody good. Fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Try tackling them. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Tackling concrete. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's your rugby league brought to you by Sportsbet. Make sure to use Sportsbet if you're going to have a punt. If not, just chill out. <laughs> uh, weird story. Polish cops snag thief who pretended to be a mannequin. 
A Polish man has been arrested after he pretended to be a mannequin in front of a store window before stealing from a shopping centre after it closed, police in Warsaw said. A 22-year-old with a bag in his hand froze motionless, pretending to be a mannequin in front of a shop window. Police said in a statement, in this way he wanted to avoid being exposed by the cameras. After the shopping centre closed, the man on one occasion robbed a jewellery stand. He then went into a restaurant to eat before slipping under the roller shutters at the entrance to a store to swap his clothes for new ones, police said. Afterwards, he returned to have some more food. <laughs> I feel like that's like, it's the oldest trick in the book, but I've never actually heard of anyone actually trying actually it. Actually doing it. Yeah. Like, how do you, a real person get away with that? Yeah. Like it's, it's, what employees are working there? You see it in you see it in cartoons where like there's a chase and like someone like a cartoon's just standing there. Yeah, but you never see it in real life. Like someone's like who the who <laughs> the hell was working there and was like yup yup closing everything down. Oh, there's a fucking new mannequin there. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot! I tell you what is it someone working there who's doesn't on minimum minimum wage and doesn't give a fuck. That's the that's the strangest thing about owning your own business is is coming to grips with the fact and and like it still doesn't fully compute. But coming to grips with the fact that people that work for you are just earning a wage. Like, it's yeah. not their life's work. They don't – like, they care, but they don't really care, like, that much. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, to me, it's, you know, bloke is everything. everything. This is my whole life's work. This is this is do or die. This means so much to me. Like, it's my family and it's bloke. That's it. Mm. That's all that matters. Family, yeah. friends, and bloke. That's all that matters in my life. Whereas, like, someone working for me, they get – you know, they get paid a wage. Like yeah. they might go and get another job in a year or two's time and it doesn't mean shit to them. Yeah. It is so weird trying to get that in your head. Yeah. And it's crazy that like most people are employees. Yeah. Most people don't give. give yeah. Them. And it's like, and it's frustrating, not frustrating, but it's like as an owner, you're like, and we're really lucky. We've got some, I mean, I'm really lucky. I think our, all our employees are fantastic. Mm. Um, and like but so you want to say to them like if i promise you if you just if you put in i'm i'm loyal as anything yeah you know you'll have a great life but maybe they don't want that mm. you know like maybe they want to do something else maybe this is a stepping stone uh and it, yeah so it is weird trying to put that and i think it's i think a lot of owners struggle with that is understanding that like mate when you're going home and thinking about it all day long and you're you know stressing about money and you're stressing about this and you know you're trying to generate money to pay their wage yeah. They're not thinking about that. No, they leave it at the they leave it at the door. They get their pay slip and they go home. Yeah. Whereas like you're sitting there going, oh, I've got to generate enough money to pay your wage. Yeah. And so as an owner, sometimes you can be like, not not here at bloke, it's been great, especially you know the crew we got now. Yeah. Um, but you know sometimes I do think you, you see it from both sides. From an, when you're an employee, you're sitting there going, you don't care about me. Like you were, if it, someone else better comes along, you replace me like that. Mm. So why should I give everything I've got? when I can get replaced immediately. Mm. And then from the owner's side, you're going, you don't know the stress I've gone through to pay your wage. Yeah. You don't know all the things I'm going through to make sure that you have money in your account every single, you know what I'm saying? No, it, sure. it is, it, it's, yeah. But look, and there's a flip side of that of the employee saying, well, actually I generate revenue, but a lot of companies are set up so that, you know, certain people generate the most kind of revenue and then everyone else kind of comes underneath that umbrella. Um, and so, yeah, it is a very like, it's it's cool to see both sides, and I understand yeah. both sides. I really do. I've, I've been You've there. Been both sides. I've, I've been there. I've worked, as I said, when I left footy, worked in bars and everything. It's funny. I saw a you know, the picture we put up on the Hello Sport thing of <laughs> six years ago. Uh, you know, helping the bar fit out. Yeah. Man, just if 
honestly, starting your own business, if you knew what you were about to get into, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. It's good that you go in naive. Because if you went in knowing like the stress that's going to come with it, you just you just wouldn't. You'd mm. say like, mate, I'm just going to go work for a very safe company that, you know, you get your paycheck. Yeah, okay, I get treated pretty poorly or whatever by one of the big corporations. That's a scary thing about, you know, this like late stage capitalism or whatever is that when you're thinking about odds and stress and life and everything, why would you start your own business? Why not work for a mega corporation that you are safe as houses, like yeah. you're protected by government law. As long as you turn up and do your job, you your paycheck is guaranteed, you're all good. And you're constantly like climbing. Yeah. And so like got, you're getting money up, up and up and so up. So it's like the, the, the corporations just get bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger because it's like, well, why would I go and work for a small business when it could be gone in a year and yeah. all that work for nothing? Um, and also like, look, this is just a fully layman's terms. I, like I'm not some master businessman. I'm really not. I'm just a dude that happened to go okay. But I just think like in Australia and, and every country, governments don't incentivize small business enough. Mm. Like when you think about it, okay, you're going to start a small business. You're going to start a small business. Think about the risk you're about to take. So all that money you've saved up to do it, you're going to, you're no longer an employee. Your whole life is dedicated to running a business, a small business. So let's say at the end of the year, you earn $75,000. Once all costs are done, all employees are paid, the business made a profit mm. of 75 grand. Cause that like most owners are only earning 75, let's say a hundred max. Yeah. Or you could go get your apprenticeship done, work as a chippy or, or whatever, or in a bar or, you know, all the other jobs that you can do without any of the stress. Yeah. Like, most small business owners are not on two, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm. They're not. So it's like, what what incentive is what incentive is there for small business to innovate? Because you don't get anything extra, and you actually are most likely going to shut down. I think it's like one in. Could you get up? How many yeah. small businesses shut down? It's like nine out of ten small businesses shut down. So like what? What's the incentive for small business? And, and that's where a lot of innovation comes from is small businesses. And, and it's kind of like, I wish there was a way where the government could somehow incentivize the, the creation of small business. Because at the moment, it's like, it's almost, you're up against a, a battle from the beginning. And yeah, you see all the success stories. You don't see the thousand and thousands of people that have now lost 10, 10 years of savings. They've got all this stuff to pay off. They're way back at the start line and they've got to go back into the workforce. Mm. Uh, estimates are that one in three new small businesses in Australia fail in the first year, two out of four by the end of the second, and three out of four by the fifth. Three out of four by the fifth year. Yeah. So when you look at that, you go, what's the incentive for small business? In, in, you know? and, and that's just failing. That's not like becoming rich. Yeah. Like that's, that, that's not 25% being millionaires. That's yeah. 25% just surviving. Yeah, surviving. So it's like, where's the incentive? Yeah. What's the point? You know, yeah, okay, you get to say you did it, mad. You just like spent all your life savings and now you're back at square one where you, that's four years. If you took that, the energy that you put that four years in to your small business, imagine if you did that in a huge corporation, you'd be fucking oh, like, near the top by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And so we're like, it doesn't make sense. The balance is no balance there. There's no reason for it, uh, you know? And so I, I look, as I said, I'm, you know, people way more intelligent than me come up with our policies and whatever, but I just don't know whether we're 
I just think that small business should be incentivized more. Like, okay, tell me this. Why shouldn't a person, a man or a woman, who works 80 hours a week, provides a good service, why shouldn't they be on 200 grand a year? Well, they should. But likelihood, they're not. They're not, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure people are going to sit there, yeah, well, it's because they weren't providing good service. No, no, it's not that simple. No, it's not that no, simple. Of course not. Like, there are plenty of people that provide incredible services. But, for example, it's okay, if you're a huge corporation and a fruit shop opens next door to you and you're a huge uh, supermarket, so you've got all these different products, you know, all these different products that you sell, let's say a thousand of them. Yep. Fruit shop opens next door. So you go, okay, fruit shops, okay, yep. The fruit is a little bit fresher. You know, it's a, you know, maybe there's more of an options or whatever. You, the owners are more nicer to walk in and do it. So if you're a huge supermarket, what do you do? You go, okay, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna up the price on things that we don't have a competitor for. So let's say you can't buy a shaver, a razor, for 100 kilometers, mm. like the local community can't. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna, instead of charging $5 for razors, we're gonna charge $10, but then we're gonna reduce our fruit price by $5. So we make a loss on our fruit, we make it back with the razor, we put them out of business because they can't compete with our prices because yeah. they're just selling fruit. Mm. So, you know, that's how it works. That, yeah. Like, I mean, in the beer industry, you know, mm. taps get bought or we'll build your taps. You have to have 80% of our beer, you know, like, so that stops, you know, smaller beers or whatever. Basically, all new beers are competing for like essentially one or two taps yeah. in the thing, which look, again, I understand why the big dogs do it. They, they're protecting their ground. They sure. started their business, they built it up. That's that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. There's no whinging or complaining. You've got to find ways around it. Yeah. But People that think, oh, well, if you provide a good service and you work your ass off, you definitely will make it. It's actually not true. Like it's actually, there's more, it's more nuanced than that. Sure. And so I, yeah, I, I reckon that there should be more incentive. And this is not even like, we're technically we're a small business, but the bloke brand is probably pushed past that yeah, now. Yeah. Um, this is more, so I'm not talking about myself at all. I'm talking more about the local cafe that, yeah. the local cafe or local supplement store or clothing store that has, you know, a mum and dad that run it and they just want to earn, a, you know, $80,000 each and they, they love hospitality. Like yeah. that's their passion. They love it. I think that we should be in a situation where our country should find a way to make that as possible as it can be mm. rather than almost impossible, essentially impossible. Two people really good at what they do, really passionate what they do, willing to work hard. They should be able to earn a decent wage just like the same person that works at a huge corporation and does fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, if you're being honest with yourself, there's a lot of people that work in huge corporations that actual deep work, like work, maybe three hours a day. Yeah. Maybe three hours a day. For sure. Um, which is okay, it's fine. Like what that's, you know, everyone's choice. So, but they'll, they're more likely to earn good coin. Yeah. Or sorry, safe coin than Safe coin and good coin, really. Coin. But the, the flip side against that is, is huge risk, huge reward. Yeah. If you do make it as a business, then you're flying. You you're flying. Yeah. So the argument could be made, well, you know, if the, the benefits are so big that it's, that's why the risk is so big. That's why a lot of people can't do it. Because if a lot of people could do it, then you wouldn't earn that much money if you do break through. Um, anyway, who gives a shit? <laughs> We'll go and fuck ourselves. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.